0: everybody welcome back to another episode of the music biz weekly podcast i'm one of your two co hosts michael branville and of course joined by jay gilbert how you doing jay
1: i am caffeinated from coffee not from other caffeinated beverages that you enjoy but <laughs> uh equally caffeinated good to see you man how you doing
0: doing good doing good Good. hoping good. to ride out the heat wave that we're having
1: yeah we're gonna start seeing some shows together uh, eventually man it's coming it's yep. coming
0: knock on wood. Hey, the yep. Kiss the Kiss tour got announced. I mean, that to me that was actually kind of a bit of a surprise to see a major artist announce a US tour.
1: Yeah. I've got some clients that are going back out on the road, booking lots of dates and uh it's exciting to see the world come back to its new abnormal.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, before we get into this week's special guest, just uh, a little bit of uh, love and praise to uh, Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and bands in town for supporting us. And of course, to uh, DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts online and at your gigs now has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell online or at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. That's a lot of marketing. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. So we got a little offer here. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for a hundred or more CDs. And when you check out, make sure you use the promo code freebiz, all one word, and you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. Uh, So who's joining us this week, Jay?
1: Today, we have Anthony Pacheco. He's the founder of Simple and a new employee at Disruptor Records. I first became aware of him when I read an article he wrote about music marketing changing in 2021. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. Fun little conversation about what's changing and the challenges of music marketing. Um, Fun discussion. Give it a listen. We'll see everybody at the end.
1: Today, we're joined by Anthony Pacheco, founder of Simple, and also a new member of Sony Music's Disruptor Records team. Anthony, coming live from Modesto, California. How are you, brother?
2: Hey, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing?
1: Great.
0: Great. Thank you for uh, joining us on this this wide-open California Thursday morning.
1: Yeah, (laughs) post-pandemic episode number one. (laughs)
2: <laughs> nice yeah so anthony uh, I was great looking, to be here
1: i was looking at the the simple website and it's so funny like our our descriptions or bios are like almost identical in in two ways one coffee fiend which i love about that and then the other one is music lover so are you a, a french press guy are you a drip guy tell us your secrets uh, Anthony.
2: you're gonna get mad right now i'm a starbucks guy
1: Oh my gosh. I don't I like know. I, I used to work with Starbucks. Milk. You know, I love I love the people at Starbucks. I just think that their their beans are a little over roasted, maybe a little acidic. But listen, I don't want to spend all day talking about coffee because I could. Um,
0: <laughs> and because I've never had a drop of coffee in my that, entire life.
1: Isn't that crazy? I, I love that about wow. you. He's just naturally caffeinated. He's just
0: well, I shouldn't. I mean, listen, I love my Mountain Dew. And oh, and I go to Starbucks and I get their mango dragon fruit refreshers and strawberry refreshers, which you know are filled with caffeine as well. So, so
1: you're an addict, <laughs> just like the rest of us. Yeah, different poison. Okay. I just I just
0: right. I, I never found anything appealing about drinking bean juice.
1: <laughs> you know what David oh, Letterman to put it calls it? He calls it ugly brown water. Exactly. Um, so with with that intro. I'm thrilled that you can you can join. We talked a little bit earlier about I first kind of got you were on my radar from a, a piece that you had written that I thought was really interesting. But before we kind of dig into some of that stuff, tell us a little bit about you're the founder of simple um what what led you down that path? and tell us a little bit about what simple is for those that don't know.
2: Yeah, so Simple is my music marketing company that I started. Um, actually at the top of the pandemic. So like before the whole social media surge actually happened, I started the company and the way it came to be like a formal company, I want to say is that I was doing a lot of my own marketing for my music projects, you know, over the years Um, I played in numerous bands here, local to my hometown and uh, long story short, after a bunch of failed projects, I had one that, to me was successful because I fulfilled the things that I had set out to do since I was a child. That is what success is to me. Success to others might be charting billboard or, you know, getting on an editorial playlist, but Mm -hmm. we were successful in, in my eyes. And the reason we were was not because we had a huge following. It wasn't because we got playlisted. It wasn't because we got featured in reputable publications it was because I took advantage of the online space, which a lot of people were not doing in 2015, 2016. What I set out to do was, you know, get involved on a community basis. So I was like in the, in the trenches, so to say, with like Facebook groups, uh, Reddit boards, just talking to people about what I love, music. Yeah. and people saw my comments so much that they're like, okay, who is, who is this person? Like, let me look at the profile, um, check them out. And they subconsciously were attracted to me as an individual. They were like, okay, this person has a really good taste in music and they see in my bio that I also play music. So I was kind of like planting the seed that like, Hey, I recommend really good music. I'm a tastemaker. So I might also make music that you'd be interested in. And long story short that really helped develop relationships and we managed to chart billboard on our debut record which is pretty a a really great accomplishment yeah it was was awesome um especially being a, a young rock band um and yeah like we just took advantage of the online space and um we wanted a couple tours and Long story short, I did not like touring, so I had kind of like a (laughs) quarter-life crisis. I was like, oh, well, this is everything I ever wanted in my life. Now what? Um, So I left the bands, and um, after a couple of months of just thinking of what I really liked, again, just I really liked music, and I knew a thing or two about the online space. So that is how simple came to be. I just started helping out bands and other artists that i had befriended over the years and um to date we've helped over 125 different artists at various levels of at various stages of their careers we worked with major label acts uh independent acts and also those who have distribution deals so we've seen it all in the short amount of time that we've been a company and yeah it's been fun and like you mentioned jay i just started at uh disruptor records and I wasn't actively looking for a job, but similar to how you came across my article, uh, one of the ANRs found the article and was like, "Okay, we need this. We need this person on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they know what they're talking about." So um, let's talk about yeah. that
1: article a little bit. Here I am. Uh, explain to our our viewers what that piece was all about and what led you to uh, writing it.
2: Uh, yeah. So the name of the article is "How Music Promotion Is Going to Change in in 2021." And it's funny because like a lot of the articles that you will find on my website, which is oddly simple .dot x y z uh, no e on simple by the way because yeah. uh, I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, and I honestly a lot of my articles start as rants, like me just. Upset in the middle of the night, or just like it's oh, like writing a journal. You should
0: hear what Jay and I say to I each other. I was just going to say you when the record button is yeah, on.
1: <laughs> you just described every conversation Michael and I have ever had in the last, and years. And,
0: and 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 our uh, SMS messages back and forth. I mean, yes. we're constantly sending messages. Like, yeah.
1: have you You're seen not going to believe this?
0: <laughs> You're not going to believe what just happened. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. Yeah, I think the, the best ideas are just like the the best thoughts or like the truth per se comes out when you're like least expecting it. Um yeah. and a lot of my articles, like I was saying, like just comes out of me just either responding to a comment on my Facebook group or responding to a TikTok comment. And then I'm like, okay, like I can talk about this for hours. I'm limited mm-hmm. on TikTok, but let's go. Like I literally told someone music marketing is dead, like in a joking way. I told them like it's time to give up. Like just pack your bags, go home. Like the yeah. It's time for us to change. And that started as like a catalyst to me to just drive home the fact that what most people think music marketing is, is not a reality anymore. Music marketing is so different now. And like, you know, with this year, especially we saw how like Apple's privacy things pretty much changed the whole landscape of, you know, paid advertising and, last year or the year before like this has been a long time coming the whole like cookie internet to where you can't use like tracking pixels so that's right. another thing that i've been thinking about i haven't put anything out about that because like i'm still doing my own research but i'm worrying about the apple stuff for now and so far it's been great knock on wood um but yeah i mean that was just me ranting about how the industry is just so focused on playlisting, which I don't mean to sound like a broken record. You guys have had enough guests coming on bashing playlisting. Like we can all just leave it at that. Um, but a lot of the conversations now have shifted to like, what's the TikTok strategy? How, how can we get people to, to use the sound on TikTok? Or uh, did you see this artist on TikTok that blew up? We need to sign this person right now. Or when I talk to these TikTok creators, they're like, yo, I've had like 10 different labels and distribution companies hit me up. Like, should I sign this? Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a very interesting like playing field now. And I'm sure it's it's changed like it's just- changed
1: while we've been on this call. Right. Yeah. Or this meeting or talk or chat. You know, you touched on something that I rarely hear people talk about, and that is let's take TikTok, for example. It's not always watched with the sound on. And a majority of videos, as you know, on, on Facebook are watched with the sound off. Just because you're on the platform doesn't mean that people are engaged in the platform. And I think rising above the clutter is is really the challenge now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many other platforms to deal with, you know, I'm having some artists getting some pretty good success, just working on Twitch, you know, so it's a whole new music industry. And like you said, I mean, it's changing so fast. So that kind of leads me to what kind of tactics are evolving now? I mean, is it as simple as you know um uh, Instagram stories ads that drive to Spotify is it as simple as targeted online advertising or you know um user curated playlist networks or having a great publicist? What are some of the tactics that you're finding with simple and I know it's gonna vary by artist genre mood, all of that, but in general, where are you kind of spending a lot of your energy?
2: yeah, so simple niches specifically in paid and organic social, which is another thing I'm super proud of because there are a lot of, um, you know, companies out there that claim that they're the, you know, one size fits all solution or the one-stop shop for your branding, your PR, your plate, your, you know, the list goes on and on. And I think the saying is true. Like the whole, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, like, it, it gets very difficult doing everything in-house or trying to master all of these different things. Like, I have yet to see any of these other companies, probably because they're afraid to share the sauce. I'm, I'm not afraid to share the sauce. Like, mm-hmm. no one can do it better than we can. So that's why I have a bunch of free resources on my website. I'm, I'm confident that I can give you step, you know, A to Z, but you probably can't replicate it because you don't have, you know, the expertise or just the experience that we do, and that that's like a, a really harsh thing to say because in the music industry, if something works, like people just want to keep it strapped to their chest, like they never want to share it. Like that's right. If you know, ten plus years ago, if something was working, you weren't posting about it online. Um, right. But now, I mean, you go on TikTok and you're bombarded by uh, people like myself saying like here are three ways to grow your Spotify or here are five ways to get featured on this publication. And like, it's great that they're that we're that transparent now, like we live in a music industry built off of transparency now, but the danger is again, just people saturating for paid media specifically, like people saturating these specific platforms. And although We've seen that recently since the iOS 14 stuff, th- this, these changes actually scare people from engaging in paid media. They'd rather just pay someone to do it now. Cause like before, you know, the whole pixel stuff, it's like, you just throw a Facebook pixel on a you know landing page and you're good. Now you got to verify your domain. You got to buy a custom domain. Like as soon as I said domain, like people are just like, okay, I don't even know no, what that is. because like, Yeah. So, um, it definitely complicates things and it kind of just weeds out the amateur, or the beginner, you know, music marketers that may or may not have the experience that we do. So if anything, we've actually seen, seen an increase in, uh, results from our paid media campaigns, because there is less competition on the ad space because those, those things are built off of bidding, uh, bids. Right. So, When there's less advertisers, the bid or the cost is generally lower. So um, we've had a great track record with that. And to answer your question more direct, sorry, I I went on a tangent. It's all good. Um, The strategies that we focus on are, again, are just the paid and organic uh, social media tactics. And that's what we do best. And it's what we'll continue to do until I get banned from Facebook again. So Anthony,
0: let me, you know, this brings up a couple things I want to sort of ask and slash discuss, you know, you talk about, you know, sharing the sauce, the secret sauce. And I think, you know, I've been running my business now for about 11 years. To me, that is the biggest challenge I, as an entrepreneur face and musicians definitely face is they're there, especially musicians, they're looking for the secret sauce they think there's a secret out there a silver that, bullet that, that that silver bullet they inevitably you know decades ago that silver bullet was i sign a record deal and that's it i'm done i'm a superstar i'm going to be a success that was the silver bullet we know that wasn't true and now there's all with 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 the changes happening on the internet and software and websites and tactics there's countless people coming out here sharing their secrets and the pr- and, and this leads into the problem of the message is being mixed with legit stuff. Like the three of us share legit experience, legit tactics, but we're mixed in with the people that are sharing the scam sauce, basically. You know, pay me 150 bucks. And I, I mean, Jay and I have been going back and forth over the last couple of weeks of some of these Instagram scams that just keep showing up. It's like, give me 150 bucks and I'm going to have my influencer drive, guaranteed thousands of people to follow you. That's a problem in the music marketing space today of how do how do people like us, compete against the secret bullet that's being sold and then how do artists recognize that there is no secret bullet and don't just blindly PayPal somebody 150 bucks 700 bucks 1500 bucks thousands of dollars because they've got this nice looking website that makes all these promises
2: right and i think the issue starts with like the, like you said, the silver bullet was like a label reaching out to you. And I would say, I think that's like the underlying issue. Um, labels do reach out to you. So what's the difference between the label reaching out versus a, a scam? You know, like if you're an artist, albeit you're probably naive and have that dream of being signed to a label. If anyone reaches out to you, you're going to be starstruck and, and want to, do what they're asking you and i can't tell you how badly it like breaks my heart like getting dms on tiktok from people who follow me saying hey like uh is this guy legit like he says he's an at atlantic or hey um this person said he's gonna like he named the ceo of some major record company and he was like, he says he knows him, but he says like, he'll only listen to demos. If I send him 50 bucks, like, should I, like, I don't want to pass up this opportunity. And I think it's just a knowledge gap that again, the music industry has just always been. So um, again, just keeping everything to their chest and not wanting to share these things with other people. So I think yeah. the issue stems from that for one into the way to, to combat it. Like I just, spread the gospel that is you know true music marketing like no legitimate company that provides a service is going to reach out to you directly and say hey like i got this deal right now going like let me do this for you yada yada like i think i made a a list that i had that i posted on tiktok one time i'll search it up while we talk but that'd be great it was like uh um you know things to avoid or like top 10 things to look out for in like a scam music marketing agency or something. But yeah, yeah. like that they're, they're everywhere for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah it, 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 it feels like part of what's got to change in music marketing is the focus on the next shiny thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and, yeah. and, and to, to the early discussion of like, okay, you know, now TikTok is a thing. And 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 I'm not saying it's not a legitimate space that you have that you should not be in or anything along those lines, but people get get focused on one thing. You know, Jay, you've got that saying forever, you know, a playlist is not a marketing plan. You know, we we're in that phase right now yeah. for a couple of years where All bands and musicians seem to care about is just get me on a playlist. Well, what's your marketing plan? What's your strategy? I I don't have one, just get me on a playlist. That'll that'll trigger everything. And it feels and this kind of goes back to you know that secret sauce, but we've i I feel like we've got to get away from What's the next cool shiny thing that just showed up today? And now everybody jumps on it, uses it, abuses it, destroys it, and then the next thing comes along. All the while, people are forgetting the basics of marketing. They just completely right. overlook the very basics that have to be there, whether you're a, a first time independent artist or you're a major international star releasing your 25th album, there's still basics that have to happen with every single release that get overlooked.
2: Yeah, I agree. And uh, I I hate to just pin the blame on like major labels, but again, it's just the whole, every success story is like they became successful because the label came into the picture or the label came in and provided them with the PR or the playlisting and whatnot. But that, that may or may not be the case. Um, But I I can't speak for every other label out there and I don't want to, you know, speak for my own at this time. But again, like just the whole idea that things will happen for you, like that, like that it'll just come on a solar platter or whatever. Like I don't, again i just think that stems from the idea of like once you get signed to a label or once you get a manager like you're good like you're set like the work stops everything is smooth sailing and i don't know how to change that um i don't think anyone can because it's just second it's like embedded like i remember i've worked with like 10 different producers with my different you know music projects and i remember when i was younger like each one of them had different perspectives on how to like make it. And they all said the same thing. Like you got to get a label. Uh, Once you get a label, they'll do everything for you. There's not really anything you can do right now. Yada, yada. But it's like, no one was talking about this, like clearly defining your brand or clearly defining what your, your voice as an artist is going to be or what your image is going to be. And those are all things that are never talked about, but they're just, they, they just happen. And, I, I know everyone always talks about industry plants or whatever, but the most successful artists I would say are the ones that are genuine and true to themselves. And I always yes. use uh, Lil little X as an example. Like, do you, do you really think um, Columbia, you know, told him to make those TikTok posts that he has posted? Like literally there's a video of him, like beating himself up, Um, or something and he's just being goofy online and that's what works for him or doja cat do you think um, i forgot what label she signed to but do you think they told her to make fun of that guy on tiktok that was forcing his voice to be deep like no no label is ever going to tell you to do that the artist is the artist like they're the ones creating this art they're the ones that are creating this content and they're going to continue doing that whether the label likes it or not you know and yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you, I think you just got to right. be yourself at the end yeah, of I the think day.
1: And- the, the, all of my favorite artists have made it because of that, that they weren't fast followers. They were just being true to who they are. And that's the easiest thing to say. And the hardest thing to do, you know, to actually blaze your own path and be proud of who you are and what your brand is and all of that. It's the easiest thing. And we've all seen this right where, you know somebody like Billy Eilish pops or the chain smokers or whoever it is, then a whole bunch of people that sound kind of like that, you know, flood the marketplace. That's never really worked. you know, being so they truly they
0: sound like the artist and then they literally duplicate every step of marketing and release strategy and tactic that that artist use thinking it will work for them. I mean, it, it constantly reminds me of the artists who are like, well, if I get the same guitar that John Lennon used, I will write great music. And, or if I, if I record my album at, at uh, you know, some incredible studio on this incredible board because Fleetwood Mac used it or the Beatles use it, (laughs) I will sound great. It's like, that has nothing to do with it. Right. Literally.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I always tell people like, who do the Beatles look up to? Like, yeah. who are they trying to replicate? Like, exactly. uh, I don't know.
1: Like, I you mean, know, you know, well, and, they had influences for sure, but they weren't, you know, copying because they were uh, they originals. Were well, I you think, know, and, yeah. and
0: to 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 the credit of the Beatles and their, their whole team, they were creating that on four track recordings, Mm -hmm. Four tracks. I mean, you got more tracks on your, your, your app on your iPhone now. So I think that in itself just proves the basics matter. And what are the basics? Great songwriting, great performances, great chemistry, great lyrics that will shine through if you're just on four tracks. 48 right. tracks yeah. doesn't make a song better. If the song yeah. sucks, the song sucks. It just sucks yeah. it sucks in better fidelity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I tell this to people all the time too like the best marketer on the planet won't be able to carry your career if your music is just not that's you know, right good is subjective but like there are, you know, hits arguably like you you can tell when a song is going to be a hit or that sounds like it could go you know like just go in general Um, yeah yeah, i I agree with that like the basics are just much more important now and just being able to develop a community like again every meeting i've been in whether it's you know at my job or just with you know potential clients like tiktok is always the topic of discussion but now the discussion is more so turned like okay we, we see these kids going viral every day like can they can they make these people do something though cuz nice. like i can make a i can just rip a video off of youtube upload it to tiktok and it'll get like 5000 views i i guarantee you that right now but when these kids go on tiktok and and go viral with whether it's like a cover or an original song like that's great but the, the next thing is like, how do you get these people to do something, whether that is following you on Instagram, because I can't tell you how many creators I see with hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok, but they're still not even like, I'm, I'm one of those creators. I have 30,000 followers on, on TikTok, but my Instagram, it, it looks like a chump. I have like 1500 followers on there, but that wasn't my focus. I wasn't trying to get people to follow me on Instagram. I was trying to get people to, you know, download my ebook and sign up for yeah. like, services and stuff and you know that that is a much better ratio than what my instagram is at yeah. but th- yeah. those are like the the important questions now in my opinion like what yeah. what can you make these people do other than just watch your video now
1: well, that that's yeah, that, engagement that, right
0: that, yeah that's exactly it you know i tell everybody it's like you know you shouldn't post content to any social network just for the sake of posting anybody can do that it's what do you want that post to do for you? What's the conversion that you want to have happen? And, you know, that's not necessarily buy something, but it is like, do you want them to click a button? Do you want them to share something? Do they, you want them to, to go from one social network to another one and follow you over here? I think we're, we're still stuck in a, in a, in an issue here where people, just create content just to post content and don't think about what that content's going to do, what it means, how to leverage it. You know, they're, they're just, we're stuck in this. How many likes did I get on my video? That's it. My success is the fact that 30,000 people liked the video. Great. But what does that do for your career? Really? You know, those 30,000 people, are they fans are they actually following you? Are they engaging with you? Could you get them to do something on your behalf? Not just click the like button and feel proud of yourself that you've got this incredible piece of content.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. It's like a dopamine thing. Like, uh, oh, I I got a bunch of likes, like, great. Like that's what all these platforms are are built on. But yeah it, that's crazy to me like at the end of the day like you were saying it, it is really all about engagement and just getting people to do things because like I, I think that's the other issue with like you and back to playlisting um like you can get an influx of streams by being placed on new music friday but the person who follows new music friday like after they listen to your song are they going to go out and you know say oh this artist is amazing or Oh, I'm gonna follow them on Instagram. Like, I've seen it happen firsthand. Like, that that doesn't happen. The reason the you know Instagram followers are growing is because we have a paid media plan behind Instagram, not because they got on new Music Friday or because they got on you know yeah uh, whatever other playlist there is out there. And that's another thing. Like, people are just looking for the number, but not really like the actual interaction or the conversion, which
1: yeah, that, that, that's a that's really good you. point. You know, we had somebody on the podcast once uh, that was an A&R uh, point. And he said something that I thought was really smart. You know, he talks about how everybody's so drunk on data and looking at these data points. And we just asked him, you know, how do you sign an artist today? And he goes, the same way I always have. I look for a lineup around the block to see him play you know, and that's real engagement. And when you have somebody who's not just liking something, like I'll click, I like Dickie's pants, but I'm not engaged. You know, I just like the pants. Um, But if you've got somebody who's commenting and watching a video multiple times and forwarding that to friends and sharing it and et cetera, man, then you've got some real engagement. And I think it is important to kind of have a, a call to action when it comes to that. One thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about simple, I think a lot of our viewers, listeners have used platforms like Foundy or Tone Den, and they're letting someone else kind of simplify that strategic targeted online advertising what what does simple do that's maybe different than some of those other platforms
2: i uh, i probably sound like those anti technology people that's all uh, right because that's always the, that's always like the pushback that they give like for example like if you're trying to automate like a cashier or whatever then you're like well what about people's jobs or uh, technology fails like I, I feel it's like the same thing with um these automated platforms but not really like if you're it, it's a touchy subject because like the Tone Den team is, is super rad um
1: yeah we're not picking on anybody we're just yeah. differentiating what you do
2: yeah so the the purpose of Tone Den's like automated platform i would say is for the musician that for one, probably doesn't have the time to learn the ins and outs of music marketing, which I mean, we don't all have all the time in the world. Like you probably just want to write music and get it heard, which is great. And two, it's the person that probably doesn't have the biggest budget in the world, you know, like not everyone can afford, you know, to hire an agency, whether it's uh, paid media or PR or whatever. Yeah. So the, the biggest difference between like performance wise, I would say, is that you can be more fine-tuned on where your followers are going to be coming from. Because again, the way these ads platforms work is on a bidding system. So what I've seen firsthand from those that come to us with like the toned-in playbook reports or whatever, mm-hmm. they get really you know good results on the surface level. Like you see their Spotify followers and listeners go up. But then when we kind of, look beneath the surface surface we kind of see like where the followers came from or where the clicks came from and it's not that there's something wrong with getting you know listeners from international markets i think those are very key markets but these artists get so like drowned in in like the numbers and you know they crack ten thousand listeners they're like okay i'm, I'm gonna go on tour But then they look at their Spotify for artist data and they only have like 10 listeners in the United States and they're sitting there confused. They're like, well, I I have like 10,000 monthly listeners. Like, what do you mean? Like I should be able to go on tour. I should be able to have like a big following in my hometown. And then I kind of have to show them like, Hey, like most of your followers are in Brazil or most of them came from this specific country. And um, these platforms allow you to pick and choose where, You know you want your followership to come from but from my understanding they have a big old like pop-up that says like recommended just have all spotify territories targeted to get the best result but the best result is just a quantity thing not really a quality thing um so i think that's like the biggest difference between these automated platforms versus hiring someone to actually monitor the ads on a day-to-day basis yeah. And really figure out what your goal is. Cause again, if your goal is to go on tour after, you know, spending $10,000 on a marketing, you know, rollout, you don't want all of your, like, and if you're, you know, based in the US, you don't want the bulk of the budget to go to Brazil. Cause what are like, how likely are you to go to Brazil for exactly. your next tour? Like, you're probably going to do something, you know, in your state. So, right. um, those are the things I always urge people to kind of look out for before they go gung-ho on like a tone down or foundy. Yeah, yeah, They're great. Like training rules. I, I like to call them.
1: Yeah. So, I think that's, yeah. I think that's fair. Anthony, where can people learn more about what you're doing with what simple's doing? Where, where can people find you?
2: Yeah. Uh, people can find me on TikTok mainly. That's probably like the, The platform I'm on on like a I don't want to say daily basis because I'm not on there as much anymore, but my handle is at Anthony Pacheco uh with an underscore or my website, which is oddly simple dot XYZ. No E.
1: (laughs) Perfect.
0: Awesome.
1: I could talk to you all day. I'll tell you when I come up to Modesto, let's let's grab some coffee, even if it's at Starbucks, and (laughs) we'll solve all of the industry's problems over a cappuccino, okay? Let's do it. All right, man. Thanks so much thank, for thank joining us. Thank you so us. much,
0: Anthony. Discmakers.com use code FREEBiz for ground shipping on CD orders of a hundred units or more, a hundred and fifty dollar value. Great conversation with Anthony. Um yeah. so many valuable points there. And um, he did just share with us his red flag list of what to look for fun for agencies. So we'll include that in the, the show notes here. and it's it's a lot of things that that you and IJ've we've, we've talked about many and many of these little things. but um, you know, I agree with him. you know, music marketing is going to change in 2021, but Frankly, it's changing every year, every yeah, month. It really is. Um, and it's just a matter of how do you weed through all of these red flags and scams yeah. to get to the legit people, the legit services. And and more importantly, to understand, you're not going to go from zero to 100 in 24 hours. It's just it not time. happening. It takes yeah. You know, you need to be building, building your career from album to album to release to release, single to single, tour to tour. It's a long-term vision of how yeah. does one marketing plan um, boost the plan for next year? How do yeah. I, you know, I I always look at is like you're out, you're climbing up a mountainside here, and your yeah. first album, you're at the bottom of the mountain. You want to get to that peak, well. Yeah. Every step up that mountain is success. Yeah. And the problem you want to avoid is slipping and rolling back down the hill and starting up again. Yeah. Keep step after step onward and upward. A little bit at a time is all it's going to be. But, you know, 10 years later, you're about ready to step on the peak.
1: I, I agree. And I think one of the key things from this discussion was there's no silver bullet. Um, you want to be on a playlist in the old days, you wanted to get signed or you wanted to get your song on the radio. Those are all fine goals, but there's no silver bullet. And today for a musician, they have to do so much more than they did 10, 20 years ago. You know, you have socials that you have to make sure that you're doing properly. There's targeted online advertising, artists are getting so much more involved in their careers. And I think that's a good thing going forward, whether you're using, you know, Anthony's company, simple, whether you're doing a lot of this stuff yourself, but it all comes down to engagement. Like you said, don't just post something to be posting something. There's a method to your madness. Look at the data. It's going to take a little bit of work.
0: And I would end with, even if you use somebody like Anthony's company or either one of us, you should still have an understanding of what what's happening out there and how it works. So you can ask the questions. You can question the results. You can ask, why did this not work? It's when you have no understanding of what an outside contractor is doing for you that you risk running into problems because you're just blind to everything. So, uh, you know, you do need to be knowledgeable. Maybe you don't need to know how to actually log in and launch an ad and do the targeting yourself and what drop down to select here and what setting to select here, but you should have a basic understanding of how it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've been saying that for years, educate yourself. There's so many resources out there. To your point, you don't have to necessarily do everything, but you need to understand how it works. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, All right. So quick shout out. Thank you to HypeBot and Bands in Town for your continued support. And of course, to our sponsor, DiscMakers.com. And we're always open to talking to new sponsors. So if you've got a product, a website, a service that you want to get in front of a community of musicians, uh, reach out to either Jay or myself, and we'll be happy to talk with you. Um, If you are watching on YouTube or listening on YouTube, It's funny. I just talked to somebody I'm helping launch a podcast. And he's like, I had a friend tell me, why would you do video when people listen to podcasts? I go, because people listen to YouTube. They don't necessarily watch YouTube.
1: You go to where the party is, brother. You go
0: to the party. Exactly. So anyway, if you're watching or listening on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, follow us. Please. Subscribe on iTunes. Watch us on Twitch. We are everywhere. Um, we greatly appreciate all your comments, all your feedback. It means a lot to us and, um, that's it, Jay. We'll see everybody next week.